Everything that I believe in, I put it through an earring. And I'm Ronnie Sullivan. And welcome to Sisteria, a podcast about women and non-binary creatives and their experiences creating and consuming arts and culture. In this week's episode, we chat to the amazingly glamorous jewellery designer and business owner, Christy Dickinson. Christy is a luxury designer and self-described queen of bling who has been making jewellery for over 18 years. In 2015, she started her business, House of Dizzy, specialising in bright, oversized statement jewellery pieces, incorporating elements of female empowerment and pride in her Indigenous heritage. Through her pieces, Christy shines a light on political, queer, Indigenous, environmental and feminist issues. And the House of Dizzy range has been worn by Miranda Tapsell, Nakia Louie, Dan Sultan and other amazing babes around Australia and the world. And her range is stocked in stores, including the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney, Museum Victoria and overseas in America's cult fashion store. Dolls Kill. In this episode, we discuss Christy's political and nostalgic design influences, her hectic schedule as a one-woman business owner, and going from markets to museums. We started this week's episode by talking to the mind behind House of Dizzy about her own house slash home slash work-life balance or lack thereof. Your is it an apartment or a house that you? Live? I live in a house, and it's covered in your work. Yes, it's a little blue house like Frida Kahlo. Cute. <laughs> yeah, and it's got the best garden. I love it so much, but it's just like I need to move everything to the studio now. Yeah, you can have much. your house as your creative retreat. Exactly. And the studio is like where you get shit done. Yeah. Because exactly. how, how does your workday look? I get up at six. I go through my emails, my orders, and then I prepare myself for the day, what I need to do, if I need to laser cut anything, if I need to order any stock. And then I get into my orders and I make everything. And then... At four o'clock, I like write up all my postage and then just about five, I go down to the post office. So that's a long, there was a long period of creating in oh, yeah. there. Yeah. You're like at work making the jewelry fa- the majority yeah, so of I your make work to day. order. Like, so nothing's really sort of, I mean, I try to have like stock there, but mm. it just goes. So. But you're hand making every piece. Everything. That's yeah. Amazing. I know. That's Do a- you get RSI? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like yesterday, I had to make 500 pairs of Stoppadani earrings that's been like crazy are they for a particular event well no um, so the AYCC they sell them through their website and then all the profits go back to the seed mob it's like um to do with like you know the stopadani campaign yeah yeah yeah, yeah so and, and we'll definitely great. provide a link so yes. you can make probably like 500 more amazing <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been working on that campaign and making those yes. it's like been a while now, hasn't it? yeah I think so yeah it feels like just yesterday when they first contacted me but yeah, it's probably been about a year and a bit. It's not the first political no. kind of so thing I've that done, you've done um, with your jewelry. A campaign for Save the Reef, the Reef Lover earrings. I'm just working on one now. Water is life. It's through the seed mob as well. But um, yeah, there's been so many. What was the first sort of politically engaged collaboration or, or um, design that you worked on, or is like political motive? So that always been present in your work. It's always inherently. been. Yeah, everything that I believe in, I put it through a earring, and I always make like I call them my conversation starters, because it's like you know getting awareness out there and like starting conversation. Like I could be anywhere, like in the supermarket or like at the library, and like I'll have a pair of earrings on, and people like just 
approach me and like, oh, wow, I love your earrings. And I'll like, if it's something political, I'll start talking about that. And it's like, yeah, my conversation starters. They're st- like their statement pieces in mm. terms of they use text and they've got slogans, but they're also big and beautiful and bright and aesthetically 100%. statement pieces. Yeah. Is that deliberate? Oh, yeah, definitely. The bigger, the bolder, the better. It's like lots of my friends say that it's like it's me just like all in earrings. <laughs> and, and what do you mean by that? How well, would you describe it? It's like big personality, like bright, colourful, always has something to say, but like two cents in there all the time. <laughs> and through your earrings, you can be saying things even when you're not present. So you're like exactly. spreading the message. Yeah. 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 So no, I love doing that. And I love like just, it's just me. Like if you don't like them, you don't like them. It's just like people always ask like, how do I get my inspiration? I'm just like, I just do things that I want to make that I'd like to wear. But they're also kind of aesthetically like the bright, bold. And I read that there's kind of a nostalgia element to the inspiration yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. So I sort of base a lot of my earrings on my 80s and 90s toys. Like Barbie was a very big influence to me because the first black Barbie was called Christy, but it's spelt with a CH, but I still claimed it. So <laughs> I was always like, yeah, I'm the black Barbie. And that like idea of like dressing up dolls and yeah. then kind of playing fantasy with, yeah. you know, you, that you, the dolls would wear things that you as a kid never really get to wear. But yeah. now as an adult, you can create things that yeah. people can actually wear. <laughs> exactly. But remember those earrings that you would stick into Barbie's ears? Like, yes. Sort of, yeah, it, that's why I sort of based my earrings on. So you were playing with Barbies as a kid. When did you start designing earrings? Was it in your childhood or um, designing in general? I've always been like really artistic, like I paint, I draw, like ever since I was little. Always been a bit of a hustler. I remember like when I was younger, I'd like have garage sales and sell all my brother and sister's toys. That's amazing. <laughs> Did they know? <laughs> Not until it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> Even like we used to have this guava tree at the front and I used to pick all the guavas off and like sell the guavas. <laughs> I love that so much. Entrepreneurial spirit. I, I know. And then, um, but yeah, off, you see photos of me when I was little and I've always got like bangles on or like a hat or like a handbag and always wearing those plastic high heel shoes <laughs> I always thought I was a little woman but yeah just uh probably at school like I just used to love painting that was my favorite like I never get any time to do that anymore but um designing I probably started 2001 like designing my first sort of jewelry but that was like using leathers and feathers and I don't know, you don't get that. I was living in Bondi Beach at the time, so I was going through a bit of a hippie stage. Yeah, more of a 2001 Bondi <laughs> Beach hippie feel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I started using, like, brass and, like, charms and would make really big, heavy charm bracelets and charm necklaces. And then, yeah, just, like, uh, 2015 started my own brand and really got into the laser cutting. And when you first started out, Christy, when you were, you know, playing with different materials... Mm. Were you selling them straight away? Like, how were you kind of connecting with buyers? So I was working in a clothing shop um, down in Bondi, and we'd sell them through the shop. And then also I did Bondi Beach Markets, like, every weekend. And And were people responding straight away? totally, yeah. I feel like I have that sort of attitude, if you don't like it, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to make it anyway. So I feel like then people sort of like, I don't know. But anyway. I feel yeah, like that treat a man, keep him keen. Yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> the jewelry itself has that attitude. Yeah, and it's like very design, and it's very like mm. it's both individual and like you were saying, Barbie, very like yeah. bright womanhood, nostalgic kind yeah. of thing. I yeah. love that yeah. absolutely. And you, so you started off at the market, and we were talking just before we started recording. You're doing stuff in museums now. You've yes. exhibited in art galleries. How yeah. is that kind of? How does that sit in your mind? Do you rem- did you ever think when you were sitting at a market stall that you would be 
rifling through the I'm, Melbourne Museum's yeah. archives? No, I mean, I to be honest, I would never thought that I would have my own business. Like, growing up, like, with my single mum and brother and sister, like, I just thought I'd be, like, a housewife, you know? Because that's, like, she was a housewife, and it's just, like, I don't know, we didn't really... Like, I didn't think that I'd ever have my own business. But, um, yeah, going through the archives of the Melbourne Museum, having exhibitions... Like, I just went to Hong Kong last year for International Design Week, so that was pretty crazy. But, yeah, definitely would never have thought that. And how did that transition to being able to do this full-time? Like, what did that look like? That obviously took a long time. It's been a long journey. But what was the kind of... Was there a tipping point? What were you doing to be able to balance that and financially be viable while you were kind of building your brand? So at that time, I was sort of um, in between jobs. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then I was like you know what, I'm just going to go for it, have my own business. So I started, like, schlepping all my old clothes to markets and saving as much money as I could. Oh. Like, my partner's really supportive. You so. were Marie Kondoing before everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's I saying? I wasn't saying that. Sparking joy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, making coin. Yeah, <laughs> making it right. Yeah, not sparking joy. <laughs> it was very painful, those mo- early mornings, like, having all these bags of clothing, you know, those $2 bags. But yeah, just started doing that and then saving just little by little, selling at markets again. And then, yeah, just a few people have picked up, wanted to sell my stuff through their shops and sort of went from there. Probably the biggest account that I like started with was the MCA in Sydney. They're amazing. They sell so many of my things. That's the Museum of Contemporary yep. Art. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And online you sell things as well. So you've got your own shop online. Yes. When did you start that shop? 2015. Basically, like, as soon as I had my logo... And I approached an Indigenous um, graphic designer in Sydney. And they started on my website and all that sort of stuff. But as soon as I had that, had the website launched and that was just... And now I'm, like, turning over, like, you know, it's probably quadrupled since I started, which is great. It's incredible. Uh, And you've got quite a few followers on Instagram. How important is that social media presence to your brand? Oh, 100%. Like, Instagram is probably, like, the number one. Like, Facebook, you get a bit of, like, the older clientele but like instagram's like you'll like making you know whatever i post this week that will be the biggest seller for that week and like a lot of stockers find me through instagram and yeah do you take your own photographs for the online stuff just on my phone wow just chuck a heffy on it (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound like it It's happy. I know. I know. It makes it feel different. It's just very funny. Chuck a happy on it. Actually, that's a friend of mine's um, Instagram handle. Chuck a happy on it. That's so good. I I suppose, just thinking about Instagram, it seems like a really good way for people to organically find you as well. Because obviously, if anyone who uses Instagram is wearing your earrings and they can tag you, I feel like I'm explaining social media. (laughs) Like that's how it works on Instagram. But yeah, of course. Like that's probably. It's like people see cool stuff on Instagram and they click through and they want to know who oh, that, where that came from. Yeah. That's kind well, of... People will tag their friends like, oh, you, you would love this, you would love this brand. So it sort of gets, you know... But it's so time-consuming, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you resent it? <laughs> it's like people are like, you should do this, you should do that. There's this like other thing. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even deal with Instagram. Mm. Like, Do you have people helping you, Christy? Like, no, not as yet. You're completely yeah. a one-woman operation. One woman, yeah. That is out of control I know that's why this is my next step like we've just been looking at studios today and like hire, like I've just hired another person which is going to be good so. and how long sorry has your business been uh, kicking since off since 2015 that's a <laughs> long time to be doing those long days yes. how do you look after yourself do you ever get a break not really 
<laughs> but I'm working on that. This is my 2019 aim. Mm. So, so self-love club. <laughs> yeah. So this other person that you've brought on, what will they be helping with? So Natalie, she'll be helping with assembling like all the pieces and like hand painting and just doing all those little fiddly stuff mm. that I don't really get time to do. And then I'll have to bring in a couple more people just to... i got to let, let go of the reins a little bit. That must be hard, though, because oh, yeah. it must feel incredibly personal to you. You were just talking about how it was your upbringing with your Barbie doll that influences the design, your yeah. childhood. Yeah. And then how do you let somebody in and how do you trust like somebody to do letting that? letting somebody babysit your kid. It's like, <laughs> do I trust them? <laughs> You're like, we've sat out with half an hour and then we can progress for the next day. I'm like a little security camera, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, trust is also a big thing. Um, mm. A friend of mine who runs a business, it's like a homeless business and she's running it on her own and she's just kind of started it over the last few years and I've, yeah. I've watched her punish herself with these intense days and stuff. And then also the online thing has been, she's had some bad stuff with Instagram. So like people... Yeah, right. Stealing. Stealing her oh, ideas. Yeah. Have you experienced Definitely. that as well? Yeah, the first time it ever happened was um, actually this lady that I knew in Newtown. And she was like, uh, I was just selling my jewellery like at the markets, I think, by that stage. And um, no, I actually was selling at a few shops. But yeah, she blatantly like was ripping off one of my designs for the sort of palm trees with the hearts. How I found out is that uh, my customer went in there and was like, oh my God, I love House of Busy. Like, these are so cool. Like, I'll buy them. And she never said anything, like, <gasps> she wasn't saying, like, she was just writing my coattails. And then the girl actually, like, she's a really good customer, this one. And so she tagged me in the picture on Instagram. I'm like, hang on, they're not like mine, they're a little bit different. Because I make every single piece, I know what's mine. It's your baby. Yeah. They've been kidnapped. Yes. Like Yes. And so, yeah, and that was the first time it happened. But then it's happened so many times again and again. And but how do you deal with it? Like, did you I confront used... them? Yeah, no, do definitely, you... yeah, like. AliExpress or something mm. as well. That's another culprit. But because um, basically you can just like take a picture of my designs. Like AliEx- AliExpress was even using my pictures from my website, like of my friends. <laughs> yeah, I used to. It really used to upset me, but now I just sort of get over it because I'm making them designs all the time. I'm just like haven't like I just tried to not let it get to me. Do you, is there not much recourse in terms of like taking legal action? Yeah, or? I mean it, it's pricey. Mm. Like you can do a cease and desist. Like I've done that many times, and then you just can write them a just an email, and then they can like whether they take it down or not. I've had mm. a few of them taken down, but yeah, it gets frustrating. Yeah, because I'm putting all that hard work into it. I'm doing all those like long hours every day, and you're creating something ethically, right? Yeah, by hands, not exactly. mass produced. Exactly. How important is making something ethically for you? Oh, it's the most important. Like that's, and people are always like, oh, you know, you should get your stuff like made overseas. But I actually like the like the you know seeing something from start to finish. Like that's what I love, and that's how I've always been. Like you know, whether it be designing clothing or like painting or drawing like I love to see that whole process like the tactility of it do you feel like for me I'm playing with my I don't wear a whole lot of jewelry I wear big earrings every now and again that we talked about we have to take off for the recording with the headphones and I wear a ring on my right ring finger Mm. and if I don't have it on I feel naked and I play with it a lot do you have that kind of tactile physical relationship with jewelry people as well. don't recognize me if i don't have jewelry on. <laughs> <laughs> i was at christmas dinner like a couple of years ago and i didn't have any like nothing on just like you know a dress or whatever and then 
everybody's like, there's something really different about you. Like, what is it? And then my partner's just like, she doesn't have any jewelry on. And they're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> do you have favorite pieces? Favorite pieces, yeah. I've got all my gold necklaces that my friends yeah. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, something always big. <laughs> big earrings. And I go through favorites all the time. Like, I guess you can make your own favourite thing. Yeah, like literally if I'm going out somewhere and I need a pair of earrings to match the outfit, I'll just make it before I go. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. And it's pretty funny because I always have my pliers in my bag. And then I was at the pub the other night and my friend was like, oh, my earring just broke. And then it wasn't mine. so (laughs) (laughs) Mine never break. (laughs) And then um, she's like, oh my God. And I was like, oh, I'll fix it. She's like, how are you going to fix it? Pulled out my pliers. (laughs) She's like, Oh my god. <laughs> you are always at work. <laughs> and you've also got these amazing nails, oh, which yes. I, we want to take a photo and put on Instagram. Yes, Can you is. describe what they are and how so, important that kind I of nail art is? I got these done just before I went up to Yarbin Festival for Invasion Day. So they're Aboriginal flag hearts with uh, lots of gold glitter. They are stunning. Yes. And these like, done at Miss J's down on Brunswick Street. We'll link to them. Yeah. <laughs> and you use the Indigenous flag a lot in your earrings Definitely, as well. And yeah. I think that they're probably some of the most recognisable House yeah. of Dizzy pieces. I know. Well, um, seeing all the marches in like Sydney and Melbourne, even Tasmania, there was like sea of House of Dizzy and that made me feel so proud. It's amazing. Well, yeah. I was like, when the march came into Sydney, I was just like, I had a tear in my eye. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, it's just so great. And so is including your Indigenous heritage oh, in your totally. jewellery really important yeah. to you as well. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, when I was little, it was like, I, I used to get a lot of racism and that type of stuff. So it wasn't really, I couldn't really express myself, like mm. how proud that I was. Like, you know, my mum would, it'll be like, um, like International Flag Day. My mum would dress me up in like the red, yellow and black. But then I was like, I don't want to go like this because people will tease me. Like it was sort of like a thing, like, mm. I don't know, like especially around the 90s and that sort of thing, 80s, 90s. Like, there's a lot of racism. Like, not it's not like it is now. Like, you just be proud and free and do whatever you want. But, I mean, there still is. Some. Yeah. I was, yeah. Gonna say, <laughs> I was, I was uh, like, um, Carrie Ann Kennelly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's not even give no, no, that name no, any yeah. airtime. No. But, no. but, I mean, now you're making something really beautiful and, yeah. like, yeah, as I say, really proud yeah. and really, like, clear. That yeah. is... Indigenous like, people primary. connect to yeah, and that's that's my like biggest selling range. In the start of January, that always was, always will be. Mm. I think I've made it probably about I don't know a thousand pairs of those. That's amazing. Yeah. That is yeah a sea of House of yes. DC yeah. at the marches. And my like original like OG style deadly ones are like my favorite. And you said growing up you didn't think that you would be able to run a business mm. and you encountered racism. How yeah. much? Is it a point of pride that you are a woman of colour running your own business? And is there a sense of community among women of colour and Indigenous kind of business oh, women? Yeah, I th- and I actually feel like being down in Melbourne, it's such a strong, like, female Indigenous-like community, especially with the queer community as well, and they've just been so embracing, and it's just fantastic. I mean, and it's so strong, like... And that's sort of like I was contemplating whether whether to move back to Sydney, but I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. When did you move to Melbourne? A year and a half ago. Okay, yeah. so you got over the the little I miss home yeah, slump I moved that tends here to like happen. Right 
bang in the middle of winter. Okay. So oh, that's the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was sitting in my house in Clifton Hill, like sort of going, what have I done? Yeah, when you used Swaying to Sydney. Back and forth. Oh, that's I know. the difference. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I miss the beaches. But now I'm like, I never have time for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> you could miss them from further away or you could miss them from yeah, closer. exactly. Like, and I'm always back and forth from up there anyway, so it doesn't matter. And what are you working on with the Melbourne Museum at the moment? So the Melbourne Museum, they're doing an exhibition. It's sort of bringing, like, combining the past and the future together. So I got a chance to go through all the uh, archives up in Melbourne Museum in Fort Knox. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. I found all these, like, protest T-shirts from the 70s and little pins from, like, all the, like, protests, like, I don't know, 60s, 70s, 80s. But, yeah, it was really cool. So that will be happening in March. So have you designed some jewellery in response to those pieces? So I went there on Friday and I'll start working on all that this week. So I've had heaps of, like, ideas. I just need to put it down to paper and then work it out. But it's just, like, all sort of, you know, highlight, like, protest posters and that sort of thing. Any in particular? Um, well, there is uh, the one that's uh, White Australia has a black history. So, like, the old, old school one of that. So that would be kind of cool to incorporate but I'm you know big bold like it would just be the t-shirt and then all this amazing jewelry and you've Um, done a lot of collaborations in the past mm. and you're obviously continuing have you got any favorites and what is your like dream if you could wake up tomorrow and like your most amazing dream came true who would be your dream collaborator well one of the my favorite ones that I've worked with is with Charlotte from Coffin Birth did the warrior earrings warrior women earrings and that was like amazing and um yeah love making those and my dream would be like jeremy scott he collabs with like a lot of um you know different brands like he's done with adidas and moschino but um yeah he's a really awesome crazy is it aesthetically that you kind of feel that you would vibe or is it just like aesthetic yeah i reckon our stuff would just be amazing together well we'll tag him on instagram as and we might get veronica to explain it all (laughs) hashtag veronica explains how social media works facts to let him be interested in working together off goes the carrier pigeon yeah yeah. (laughs) amazing Um, christy you spoke a little bit about that you make things that you want to wear yourself yeah um but do you have a kind of dream House of Dizzy customer that you have in mind? Or is there has one emerged that there are certain kinds of people who are particularly drawn to your jewellery? No, I feel like there's all different types of people. Like you can be like a little, you know, six-year-old girl to like a 60-year-old woman. Like I had, I remember being at the markets one time and sometimes like, like you know, older women sort of like, oh, like the swear, the swear words. And there was the fanciest fuck earrings. And then this woman's like, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. She's like, oh, my God, these are fabulous. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm like, oh. And she's like, I'm going to get these. I'm going to wear them to bingo and show all those old girls. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so that was a really good one. Like, I was just like, because I just thought, oh, God, here we go. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, she loved it and apparently wore them to bingo. And how important is it for you? Because I know you've done kind of cunt earrings yep. as well um reowning those kind of words oh totally so i mean just like you know reowning reclaiming uh, reclaiming <laughs> reclaiming the word and like honestly the cunt ones like they, they sell out sometimes i'm you know be at an event or something they'll be like oh do you have any more cunt earrings so say it under <laughs> wait they'll breath. whisper it to you but yeah. they're gonna wear them on their ears <laughs> And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm all out of cunts. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll have some more cunts next, next week. <laughs> the funniest one is actually when um, a lady and her cunt earrings broke. And we're like back and forth with this email. And I was like, oh, the cunts are in the mail. 
<laughs> so <laughs> good. Pause it, but yeah, if people listen to some of my conversations I had with customers, it'd be hilarious. That's no, a whole no context, context needed. That. <laughs> yeah. I did want to ask, and this might seem like a really basic question, but it's plagued me. Where did House of Dizzy come from? The name, oh, okay. if there is a, if there is no, a there story, is, definitely. So, like, I used to go out with my girlfriends and stuff, and. If they were annoying me or got too drunk or whatever, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's being such a dizzy mole. (laughs) (laughs) An amazing description. Yeah. And just like, then like I moved in with two dizzy moles (laughs) and they annoyed the shit out of me. But then it sort of like became like a sort of word to... Was you reclaiming dizzy mole? (laughs) (laughs) But like a nice word, like, oh, you're my dizzy mole, like sort of thing. And then we had uh, like doing a Facebook invite for a house party, like a housewarming, like doing House of Dizzy Moles. And then we're like, oh, no, and then we just did House of Dizzy. And that's how it came. And you decided that you wanted to take that because it had such a special place in your heart. Yeah, it's because I'm the Dizzy Mole. I'm the number one Dizzy Mole. (laughs) And was it an amazing house party? It was so good. So one of the girls that lived with me, she was a photographer. And um, so she had, like, one of those, like... um, Photo booth, yeah. yeah. Um, we had a DJ in there. It was like the best. I feel like if you go to the trouble of like naming your party, that raises yeah. the expectation slightly. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what about the expectation on your brand being named after a party that's that good? After a dizzy mole, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, but no. Like I always get asked this question actually, and they're like, oh, even like with people in suits asking me like interviewing me, they're like, oh dizzy mole, okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I love think it it's too. great. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I don't think people should use like they should use Dizzy Mall more. Are we allowed to? Because yeah, I'm, I really want to do Hashtag it. Hashtag Dizzy Mall. <laughs> All right. And actually, a customer has like started a little thing because she loves my cunt earrings, so she started doing hashtag conversation. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Perfect. Yeah. Because it's a conversation starter. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Chrissy, can you just talk a little bit about what you do when you are working on a new design? Like, are you kind of, do you think about things ahead of time and then you're ready to kind of create when you sit down? Or do you sometimes just like to play? Like, how do you actually kind of use the materials? I'm just moving my hands around in a general way because I don't know how to make things. Yeah. Yeah, Do you DJ? This is a great Um, I do have a bit of a play around, but it is hard when you've got to like you know, laser cut the pieces mm. and then I sort of do it like a little assembly line. I'll have a like a earring in mind. But then I'll play with colours. Like I'll have like a whole heap of like a tray of like different coloured hearts and I'll play with like what looks best. But um yeah, nothing's ever really that planned. I'm very like whatever <laughs> unless I've got to do a big order for something and I'm like, ah oh. Well it works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably not really a whole lot of time to play. I'm just like my mind no. is so blown that you're like I get up at six AM to work often before my boring day job. Sorry, anyone listening. I know there's a couple of people in the office <laughs> listen, actually. And then by the time three o'clock hits at that desk, I am asleep with my eyes open and they all know it. Yeah. Like, I do not know how you keep going and get to the post office at five. Like, I know. It's crazy. But I literally do it somehow. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You're an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Speaking of inspiration, are you ready to give a shout out to a yeah. woman or known binary creative? My shout out is to Tani Edwards. She's the creator of Gammon Threads. She makes amazing t-shirts and tote bags and she's a really awesome woman. Indigenous designer as well, which is really cool. And she does a lot of the, you know, political stuff as well. She does like the respect, the black matriarchy and that type of thing. But yeah, she's really inspirational. I think she'll go be really big this year. Where's she based? Um, Over over in Thornbury, so not too far. 
yeah, yeah. we'll put a link on our website yes. definitely will scam and threads and I've done a collaboration with her as well we did um, the You Lovely necklace which is really cool I love that little one gorgeous love that little one <laughs> and then also Ruby Red she's another indigenous designer um, and illustrator and she's um, I think she's based in Brunswick I'm not too sure but yeah definitely put a link up there to Ruby Red. Christy, thanks so much for coming in, giving you work so hard and so often we appreciate you making the time. Such a pleasure house. to have you, Christy. I Thank got all dressed so up much. for you. Oh, <laughs> I love yeah. my fancy hat. We will be taking Sorry, so many guys. photos of you and putting them all on Instagram because it's, this cannot just be wasted but on But how does Instagram work again, Ronnie? Mm. Oh, <laughs> you put it in the There's not enough time. Thanks so much. Sisteria, created by women and for anyone who wants to listen. Sisteria is supported by City of Melbourne in partnership with the Melbourne Library Service. Sisteria is produced by Stephanie Van Schilt and me, Jessica Lucano. For links to everything we've discussed, check out our website, sisteriapodcast.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Sisteriapod. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And if you love what we do, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes too. Our amazing theme music is by Rainbow Chan. The song is called Last and is available on her latest album, Spacings. Sisteria is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and to the elders of the lands this podcast reaches. We hope you tune in again soon. Thank you.